0: Answering your tough financial questions for the past 26 years. It's Allworth's Money Matters with co-hosts Scott Hansen and Pat McLean.
1: Welcome to All Worth Money Matters. I'm Scott Hanson. I'm Pat McLean. Thanks for joining us. Pat and I are recording from our homes this week. Uh, you'll notice that the calls were uh, recorded at a different time from our studio, so that's why the sound quality is a little different, but it's still the same great show. Well, glad you are here I know what I guess this is the last weekend of May 2020. Yeah. What week is this in the shutdown, Pat? I don't know. Uh, uh,
2: yeah, I don't know, but it, it, this, this thing, it's been unbelievable, isn't Scott? It? It's just been, uh, and we, we broadcast from California, and I know a lot of podcast listeners across the U.S. are different places. But just recently, this week, uh, they have now started to allow uh, restaurants to open. And uh, hopefully in the next week, uh, hair salons and yeah. uh, ancillary businesses will be allowed to open. Yeah. Um,
1: Yep. So anyway, here we, uh, it's, it's, kind of, it's been amazing. And I think obviously it's a financial program and uh, we'll talk about finances, but Pat, what has been amazing is the stock market. I mean, if you would have told me that the stock market would be really close to where it was at the start of the year.
2: It, it, it's, it's, you know, what it's interesting, Scott is, is the markets there, but then you take a look at, some of the bond ratings on some big huge companies uh and they keep getting downgraded but the stocks uh seem to hang in there it's a it's a perplexing time to be an investor it is and the downgrade,
1: right a down, the downgrade says we're not that confident we're pretty confident they can pay us pay it back but not eh, there's a little bit of risk that maybe you won't get paid back that's right that's right and, and at the same time those same companies the price of their stock essentially they're their equity investors who would need to pay off the debt before they can, they, they share in any of the profits, essentially, um, that, that price has been driven up. It's really been a strange thing. It's uh it, it, it has in uh, in that we saw a
2: Hertz uh, file for bankruptcy uh, this week. Uh, we'd expect to see more of that coming up, um, which, you know, puts the rest of the bond market at risk for corporate bonds um, because as one falls, the, the, the bond market responds to that.
1: Yeah. And it's, um yeah, so here we are. It's a uh, really interesting time. And I think obviously Pat, a lot of the reason the stock market is up is people are taking a longer term approach and it's the lack of alternatives when interest rates are so low. And then it's like, well, if you're going to take risk, do you want to take risk on the bond side of a company? You want to take risk on the stock side? So I was looking at that earlier this
2: week, Scott. So the dividend yield on the S and P 500, uh, is about 2.2%. Now we'd expect that to go down as companies try to preserve cash and lower their dividends. But you look at that, and then you look at, let's say, the 10-year Treasury that's trading at about six tenths of uh, percent. And I think that's kind of one of the drivers, which is if you're looking for income, uh, do you do you go to that? Uh, do you go to the you know the almost risk-free? 10 year or do you put a little bit of risk in the portfolio and reach for uh, some yields like on something like the S&P 500. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah. Well, uh we've got some calls we need to get to. Let's let's take these calls and let's have a little more conversation about that just cuz there's people holding. 833-99 worth is the number to join
3: us. We're talking with Craig in LA.
4: Hi Scott and Pat, thanks for taking my call. Hi Craig,
3: thanks for joining us.
4: Let's see uh i uh, got a question regarding kind of how to do planning for the Secure Act. A um, little background, my wife and I are both retired. We're in our late 50s. We have two children, both are in college. Approximately 95% of our current reso- retirement savings are in uh, 401ks and IRAs. We also have remaining pension payments that are coming. They're the form of a five-year lump sum. So most of that will also go into tax-deferred accounts. Started doing Roth conversions this year, uh, up to or just beyond the 22% tax bracket. But with the death of the stretch IRA, I'm wondering, uh, is there any way to kind of uh, do more so that in the event my wife and I pass away prematurely, the kids aren't stuck with a huge tax bill?
2: Explain that five-year lump sum to me.
4: So uh, the pension plan that we both happened to be in had different forms of payouts, uh, single life annuity, joint survivor, all that stuff. Well, one of the options was a five-year payout that the IRS recognizes as a lump sum, oh. at least the qualified portion of it. All right. Okay. Good. So, so that roll rolls over every roll.
3: year. So what ball? It, it rolls over every year. What's the ballpark you have in what are qualified uh, tax-deferred accounts, IRAs, 401ks, once this is factored in?
4: So – so today, who knows what will be tomorrow? But today, it's uh, about four and a quarter million in our current retirement assets, and there'll be about another two and a half still coming in.
3: Over oh yeah, 40. you do have a yeah. I see why you're calling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My first thought is you're late fifties. Uh... So
2: you've got almost six point seven million dollars in qualified accounts,
3: and you live in California. Once it, yeah. Once it oh. pays out. Yeah. So tell your you children tell your children to move to a low tax state. We'll start <laughs> so with your, that. So your wife wants to go follow them. Are, are you gonna are, are you gonna stay in California in retirement? That's the plan. Do your children live in California?
4: They do. Yeah, they're they're attending Zoom University in my house. <laughs> All
3: right. I know the deal. <laughs> We've had the discussion
2: about whether the kids should go back to a high paying college education oh. or a Public school. There's uh, a
3: bunch of Harvard uh, uh, students uh, signing petitions. They'd rather not do, they'd rather defer class than do online. Oh. It'll be interesting to see how this works. All right. So, uh, what
2: can you do? And you're doing the, the 22%. Um, and the question is, do you go higher than the that? The challenge is um,
3: with California
4: or, or, any, or, or, or anything else, life insurance, um, accelerated gifting. Yeah. Um,
3: yeah. What are, what assets are outside of this? You know, this is really rare that someone has six over six million dollars in retirement plans, yeah. in, in their IRAs and 401ks at, at under age sixty. Yeah, it's you
2: used to see these in with doctors and lawyers and defined benefit plans, but those things have kind of gone away. There's
3: these, you used to play little, you can play little tricks with them, but you can't so much anymore. But
2: um, so, what assets do you
3: have outside of this?
4: Uh, about a hundred and fifty thousand dollars in bank accounts. And my house, and that's
3: about it. And how much do you have in Roth?
4: Oh, a quarter of a million dollars. Wow. I'm, I got
5: nothing.
3: <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> <laughs> you got nothing. No, it's an interesting problem because... I like the fact that you're thinking ahead. Yeah, this is... Um, I mean, so uh, what it's really going to come down to, and what, here's obviously what you're, you've been going through, Craig. It's like you're trying to look at all the different avenues and then make a decision. Do you do anything at all or, or do, you, do you go down some path, which is, you, you've thought about And the, my first couple thoughts were, well, do we look at buying some life insurance? And that— Why? For the, for the taxes that will be due on this, I have as much concern, to be frank, um, of what uh, taxation may come during your lifetime— and if there is an excise tax on large retirement plans, because there used to be back when I started in the industry in the early 90s, it was what, over a four, seven? Was it 408A? Was that it? No, there was a, it was a, it was if there was a lump sum greater than I think it was 750 at the yeah, time. Yep. There was an excise tax on it. So, I mean, the more you can get into Roth, are you retired or still working?
4: Yeah, retired. We're both retired.
3: And do you, do you have any taxable income coming in now, or is what you're doing is taking the money out of here to... And funding the Roth, right?
4: That's it. I mean, I'm spending, spending savings. I get a um, non-qual portion of my uh, pension is about $100,000 a year. Uh, so and that's, that's $1 already $1 taxable in income. As well. Correct.
2: What, Scott, what would the, the purpose be to buy the life insurance versus just paying the taxes out of the distributions to the kids?
6: Well,
3: the, so the, if you pass away today, the money is going to have to be uh, under current rules taxed within 10 years. But he only has
2: $150,000 in uh, money outside of qualified plans. So he'd have to take the money out of the IRA to pay the life insurance premiums anyway, which would be in a higher yeah. rate, which would negate that. I, I, I like where you were going
3: with it, the thinking. Um, it's, got- really con- it's really converting. It. So if you're pretty confident you're going to stay in California – it might be looking at converting even more to a Roth. I wouldn't do anything now. I would wait until November or December to look see what the tax situation is going to be like. Because, um, you know, one would expect taxes are going to go up.
2: So, what you're saying is in California, is go above the 22% rate. in a yeah, Roth conversion. I, I probably would. I would. I would consider that. I would absolutely consider that.
4: Okay. How about? Um, I read something on this. Is perhaps modifying the. Uh, I are the retirement account beneficiaries, so that on each of uh, my wife, and we, we we basically have about the same amount in our retirement accounts each. So changing the beneficiaries and making my children partial primary on either one. That How did way, you end
3: up with the yeah, same I, amount? Did you guys work for the same company?
4: We started the same company. They split into two companies, but they pay the pension. And
3: you guys worked for the company. Yeah.
4: So the question would be:
2: Do you? uh put them as seventy five percent your wife is the primary and twenty five percent the kids uh something like
3: that I probably would it basically yeah
2: yeah inherent- yeah well the, the first the first tranche is uh, the assumption that there's difference in the dates that you guys die um right. I don't see a downside to it
3: yeah i don't a- i
2: i only see upside i don't see any downside
3: to it um I mean, if, in, in a perfect world, if you could transfer some of your IRA to your kids today, I mean, that would be a brilliant tax strategy. But like, you can't do that. Yeah. Like if you had another asset, appreciated stock, you could transfer that stock to them. Then they could sell it and be taxed at their tax rates. You can't do that with retirement. Accounts. And, and you'd be comfortable giving your children money
4: um, today? I would. Not so sure about the other half. The better half. Yeah. Got it. Yeah,
3: uh, I like. You could also you could set up a specific trust that only kicks in at a death, where and this, I mean, this is something seriously to consider, but this is again, it's only, it's only if you die prematurely. Yes. Um, right. <laughs> um, but where you could have it uh, structured so that it would money would a separate trust would be created upon your death for whatever portion you want to have go to your kids, and then you could have restrictions on that trust. Money still needs to be distributed in ten years. The income tax will still flow to them based upon the distributions. Um, but the money's still going to be distributed in ten years. So there's only so much restrictions. But no, because you, you could still have the, it could it, it could still be.
2: Oh, got it. Go out in, yeah, yeah. into a, a side yeah, yeah. trust, and the money doesn't yeah. get to the kids. Um That is so. If you were worried about how the children would. Spend the money.
3: That is absolutely a viable option, and then making. Do you, ha- uh, Craig? Do you have is anything going on health wise? Where you think that your life expectancy might not be normal? No. Okay. No. Yeah. So I mean, if you if you were had terminal cancer or something, we'd say. I mean, this would be a great strategy. to But employ.
2: the interesting but- thing, Scott, about naming uh, the kids as uh, primary beneficiaries on this for a portion of it is that he feels differently about his kids receiving the money than his wife does. Well, right? Didn't you say that, Craig? You'd be okay with the money going to the kids
3: today, but your wife would not.
4: Uh, yeah, we have different thoughts on yeah, that. Yeah, I get that. Then you,
3: not, you, can, you, can, you can have strings from the grave and structure a, a, a trust to pretty much provide anything you want. Okay. I mean, your options really right now are do we convert more to a Roth— Which you pay more taxes a day. And the way that's because it's a progressive tax structure, the more you take out, Mm -hmm. the higher percent is going to go to the tax, man. Um, And you're doing in both federal and California, which gets pretty onerous. Um, I assume your house is paid for.
4: Not quite, but that's almost intentional because I caught the falling sword of an interest rate back in the day and I got 2.65. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah,
2: there's no hurry. I think you should spend more money. (laughs) <laughs> That's
3: what I think. Well, I can't leave my house.
7: <laughs> okay. In Los Why Angeles.
3: Did, yeah. Okay. Well, when this, <laughs> pa- and if you're on the beach, you better keep walking.
2: <laughs> when this passes, I think you should spend more money. Truly, I think you should
3: okay. spend more money. That's okay. Uh, or, or um, and you can't do any qualified gifting to charities until you're 70, 72 now. Yeah. Um, you could take money out and gift it to a charity. That's going to reduce. But I don't think your, your objective is necessarily to reduce your estate as much as it is to reduce the taxes yeah. on the estate. Uh, uh, there's a couple it, ideas for you. I'd look at, I'd look okay. at convert, converting more to a Roth and just see what you're comfortable with there. Great job um, saving, by the way. Great you could, also, you could okay. also leave California for a couple of years and convert more. I do have a question come back for to you. California. In all seriousness, if you moved to Texas for a few years and converted or Nevada— and converted um, a few years' worth of uh, your IRA to a Roth during those years, your residents of that state, you will avoid that state income tax. Then you can come back to California where that has the highest marginal income tax rate in the in the country, and um, that Roth is going to be free from that taxation. That's not a bad idea.
1: And just
2: out of curiosity, okay. personal question. I mean, what
3: factor in what – you know I could pay for second place. So
2: just out of curiosity, yes. what kind of cars do you and your wife drive?
3: Uh – my
4: wife has a Honda Pilot, and you drive and a. I have an Audi. Okay. Then was that
3: was asking for my retirement present to myself. <laughs> uh, what were you driving before the Audi? I mean the. Uh, oh, Oh, uh, two
4: thousand ten Nissan Maxima. Okay. There we go. Thank you. Uh,
2: Thomas Stanley wrote a book years ago called "The Millionaire Next Door," yeah. and you are it, <laughs> which
3: is uh, not a pretentious display of wealth, but good savers. That's right. There's oftentimes, you know, it's funny. I was talking to, I appreciate the call, Craig. I was talking to a guy at, um, who, uh, at the Mercedes dealer, and he says, you wouldn't believe. <laughs> so some people have the money to, to for the cars. You would not believe the financial situation of some of these people that lease these cars. The kind of stuff, they, maneuvers they go to, 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 j- get, to just get the, to get that car. Big hat, no cap. Oh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, glad you called, Craig. And let's talk to
1: Joanne. Joanne, you're with Allworth's Money Matters.
6: Hello, gentlemen. Good morning. Good morning, Joanne.
3: We're doing fantastic.
6: Great. Well, I have a question for you that's just recently come up in my life. Um, I'm a 26-year veteran of the Postal Service, and I was going to retire this month, and then COVID happened, so I thought I would maybe wait a while, but now um, you may have heard the Post Office is struggling. They've anticipate we could be out of money by the end of the summer, and I know that the president wasn't going to allow us to have any funding. So my concern is um, I have about $743,000 in my TSP Um, if somehow my postal pension were to go away, and with the reductions that might come in Social Security... Um, do you feel that I have saved enough or would I be smarter to, you know, just keep working because who knows what the future is going to hold?
2: Um, for how, how much would your uh, monthly pension be if you retired today?
6: Well, I'm supposed to get, um, just under 1500, but with, uh, it taxes and my insurances, I'd have about $600 a month clear out of that.
3: And how old are you?
6: Uh, sixty three.
3: And do you qualify for social security as well? I know Post Office has their own kind of unique postal and railroad. Right. Or, um
6: Yeah, I'm 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 FERS, so I get uh, the social security, a small pension, and then my TSP. So I would get social security. If I wait till sixty six and it's at the same level, I would get um uh twenty one eighty three. If I took it now, I would get seventeen sixty eight month. Can you afford to retire?
2: Have you done the math
6: well i I was hoping that I was going to be able to live on about fifty thousand a year, and i fig, uh, I had been talking to a couple of different financial people who had told me that if I came out with about six hundred and seventy thousand that I would be okay you know for my retirement, but you know that's assuming I'm going to have. I would, I wouldn't,
3: so. I wouldn't uh, Scott. I would not worry about losing Social Security and or or your pension. Yeah, I wouldn't. I I'd
6: worry if more your about getting. Was
3: struck by lightning. If your pension was one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, then I would have some concern it could be reduced.
2: But at fifteen hundred, okay. in your age and your years of service,
3: I really would not have any I, concern about that at all. At all, okay. and you've accrued Sorry. that. By well, the way,
2: they, they can't go back and claw back from you what you haven't already accrued. They can change the rules going forward.
3: Yeah, I mean, there's talk that Social Security is now scheduled to run out of money in 2029.
2: Scott, I would make a different argument that uh, the Postal Service may end up treating this like major corporations do and offer you a buyout or an early out if you leave early, which would, in fact, either enhance your benefits or provide you a, a payment yeah. to leave.
6: Okay. Well, I was just concerned if they did ultimately – privatize us which you know it still I wouldn't affect your benefits
2: happen. it wouldn't it wouldn't it affect would. You. No. Okay. It nope. would not affect nope. your benefits
3: nope those are those are locked in guarantees so if you were sitting in any of our if your office, pension like i said if your pension was 150 grand or two and you're also federal government you're not a state or municipality if you were sitting in one
2: of the offices with any of our advisors the question we would would drill into is do you want to retire do you have enough to retire we wouldn't spend any time worrying
3: about not your pension not going away. Not in this away. situation. In other this... situations we might, but not this one. Not this one.
2: So don't let that and be a I driver.
3: Would, I, I wouldn't be in a rush to retire, as Pat was kind of alluding to. I would, I'd be curious to see if there's going to be some sort of um, uh, uh, buyout for retirees. It, what fundamentally needs
2: to happen in the Postal Service is a restructuring of your offering, which includes and Six should not be limited, Maybe. five Maybe. days a week, three days a week. Yeah, uh, um, if you want it daily, your business, and you pay a little bit more to actually have it delivered, I, that's what really
3: needs to be happening. Of course, and but, you don't need a post office every four miles in some yes. of these towns, but.
2: Right. But, but that's a different story uh, yeah. altogether. But you shouldn't worry about that. So
3: and unfortunately, it, I, I really think it's the mismanagement of of, Congre- of Congress over the years that's put the Postal Service in the situation they've done. They no, haven't adapted with the times. Not yeah, not the workers, obviously. No. So in so
2: Joanne, you shouldn't you shouldn't worry about that. If you want to retire and you have enough money to retire, retire. But if you want to stay on a couple more years, I wouldn't spend a minute worrying about your pension going anywhere.
3: I really wouldn't, Joanne. And, okay, if you, and if I you're talking to good, again. if you're, are you talking to good reputable advisors, certified financial planner, that sort of thing?
6: Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. As a yeah. matter of fact, I, I'm. I've been talking to one of your people. I haven't hired oh, him yet. But, okay. Yeah, well, that's what we're that's what we're planning okay,
7: I
2: so. on. <laughs> uh, I, we, we would hope to include uh, <laughs> our advisors in that reputable <laughs> side of it. But uh, but, and you shouldn't talk to any advisor that's trying to scare you into retirement. No.
6: Um, yeah, no, I, I hadn't talked to him since all this pandemic uh, had, yeah. has come down. I've just been letting my stuff sit there. I'm not touching it. I'm not adjusting it, so.
2: Yep, as long as it was a good allocation going in, you're fine. Yeah, appreciate the call, Joanne. I
1: wish you well. Let's head to Cincinnati, we're going to talk with Brent. Brent, you're with Scott Hanson and Pat of Allworths Money Matters.
5: Good afternoon, guys. Hi, Brent.
1: What can
2: we do I, for you? Um,
5: I, um, well, I, um, I've been with my employer about 18 years and I enrolled in the 401k, you know, the day I got there. And it's a it's a national plan sponsor, you would certainly know the name, but I've been dissatisfied with them for a multitude of reasons the, the whole time. And most recently kind of had a final straw where they quote misplaced my beneficiary, and I found out I'd had no beneficiary on the account for like six years. And I, I'm I'm really dissatisfied with them, like my employer. And I, you know, I'm literally 59 and a half, so I know I could just pull money out of there and pay tax and not the penalty. You know, no, no. You could transfer
3: it over. to an IRA. You could roll it over to an IRA. You don't I have
2: can to do it, it right
5: now and yeah. stay employed. I yep. don't have to. Yeah, in-service distribution. I thought that was on.
2: Um, yep, 59 and a half.
5: In, I'm sorry, the, the term in-service distribution?
2: Yeah, or yeah. in-service rollover.
5: In-service rollover, I think, yeah.
2: Yeah, you're 59 and a half. If you were 58,
5: so I can, different rules. So if I stay employed, which I hope to do, yes. and I do this and I, I roll that over, then at the end of every year, of course, I want to capture, continue to capture my company match and so forth, yep, that, then I, at the end of every year, I could just do the same thing?
3: The one, so tax law is clearly going to allow for it. What could happen is that your employer might restrict a match for a period of time if you do this. I've seen that. It's not a requirement by any means.
2: I've seen one where you have to keep 20% of it there and you can roll out 80%. It's Every plan is different. Tax law allows you to roll out at 59 and a half into another IRA. So you, let's just say you used a big firm, started with an F and ended with a Y and you're dissatisfied with them, correct? Yes. Okay. okay. <laughs> Only because they're the number of provider <laughs> it's that's not basically them.
5: It's not them. It's actually... Oh. i didn't say a lot of the negative things i was going to say it's prudential
2: oh it is prudential uh, they're a big player in the 401k space too uh, big yeah they're
5: big, not very good at, at it player uh, <laughs> well, <that's>, listen
2: <laughs> part of living in america is that you can come on a radio show like this and actually say what you think um you you should call or talk to the plan provider and find the rules uh, in terms of disqualifying you for the match but they're Typically, they're pretty light at age 59 and a half. So the ones that we have clients that are in similar situations, we'll just go in there once a year and scoop out whatever the dollars are and roll them out. Sometimes they require the match to stay in or the dollars to the match to stay in, but not always. So yours is easy. You can pick out any IRA provider you want, trustee, and build any portfolio you want and roll it out tomorrow and just find out how much you're allowed to roll out every year without affecting the match.
5: And, and you would recommend that person who administers the plan within my employer or no. at Prudential?
2: Oh, I'd talk to the, the plan administrator internally.
5: It's,
3: it's a, it's, okay. it, we're, you're, what you're it trying to do is figure out your employer's rules, not the administrator's It's actually
2: in your documents. So if you look up uh, the documents of the plan, it, you could actually read it yourself. It'll be right there. So in the summary plan okay. description, it normally has these in the summary plan description. So if you go into the company's website, which and is look supposed at the sum- to make available to you on, on annual an annual basis. basis. So if you go in and read the summary plan description, you'll get to it pretty quick.
5: Fantastic. Best news I've got this week. Good. Right. Well, Thank you very I, much.
2: Hope, I hope your week gets better. <laughs> That's
3: right. <laughs> <laughs>
5: yeah. All right. Wish you well, Brent. And Thank you. Uh, All
1: right. Well, we're going to take a break. And Pat, as you mentioned, uh, we'll talk a bit about the... Um, the dividend yield on the S and P and some other great stuff. So stick around for more of Allworth's Money Matters.
0: Can't get enough of Allworth's Money Matters? Visit AllworthFinancial.com/radio to listen to the Money Matters podcast.
3: Welcome back to Allworth's Money
1: Matters. Scott Hansen, Pat McClain. And again, we'll take calls here in a moment, 833-99-WORTH. Yeah, I find it's, I think there's lots of people with questions in the midst of yeah, in the midst of time. You, you know,
2: so uh, we have, a an upcoming event, uh, a virtual, if you will, event, um, about how to navigate this marketplace and your personal finances. And, uh, so Scott is doing it from the comfort of his home and I'm doing it from the comfort of my home. Um, and
1: um, it was comfortable when they, before the older kids came back, wasn't it?
2: Oh, my. Oh, my. Uh, one of mine did leave this week, which uh, to go back to um, his college apartment. So I don't know what it looks like there, but uh, I was I love him a lot and I'm glad he's gone.
1: Um. <laughs> it's, this, anyway, it's this Tuesday, uh, this kind of Tuesday the 2nd of June, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, and it's a essentially about a 30-minute webinar, how to be a bull in a bear market, and we're going to talk about uh, some tax loss harvesting, how that works, and some strategies around that, and how to take advantage of maybe get some sore spots in your portfolio that uh, you can uh, maybe at least have it help you with some taxes. Uh, we're going to look at Roth conversions and the tax strategies around there. Uh, we're going to talk a bit about 401ks and also in mortgage refinance. So, uh, we have a lot of information in about a 30-minute webinar, and if you want to be part of that, uh, it's a live webinar. Um, and we did one on last Thursday, which went really well. But to be part of it, it's um, go to allworthfinancial.com, and that gets you information.
2: And it's, it's interesting because it's actually, it's interactive. You can actually ask questions through uh, the workshop and we'll uh, get to your specific questions just like we do in a public workshop. But this is, um, this is it's all new to us um, doing these uh, just because the environment has changed and um, that's what we're doing it. But, you know, let's talk a little bit on the radio show Scott about tax loss harvesting uh, because the emotions involved with tax loss harvesting are pretty strong because it requires you to actually say, okay, this particular security or exchange traded fund or mutual fund has lost money. And I'm going to recognize that loss and buy something that's very similar, but not identical, similar, but not identical and use it as a tax strategy as well as an investment strategy. Uh, And if, one of the things that we see people do a terrible job in their own portfolios, and this is obviously outside of an IRA or 401k is how they actually manage tax loss harvesting. So on that workshop, we're going to spend a
1: few minutes talking about that. Yeah. And I think a lot of it, I mean, the example, Pat, is let's say you own uh, United airlines and which has got hammered, obviously. And you think, well, I, I don't want to give up on the airline industry. I think it's going to, i'd like to still hold a position you might sell united and then immediately purchase american airlines or delta airlines something similar right uh, that's kind of concept or if you own wells fargo and instead you buy you sell it and you buy bank of america yes yeah that's the kind of strategy behind that and
2: then and you say well i want wells fargo Well, you wait 31 days and you buy back wells fargo in your portfolio
1: yeah, you can. Yeah, I mean, you have to. If you don't wait thirty days on either side, it's a considered a wash sale and doesn't trigger the tax tax on it. But it's something to look at um, uh, in the portfolio, particularly in times of volatility. And although the broad indexes are higher, Pat there's still some individual stocks that are way down and some ETFs and stuff that are still way down from where they were. Almost so certainly, um,
2: and it's it's
1: it's quite frankly, it's what
2: we do on a regular basis with our clients' portfolios is we dig into the tax loss
1: harvesting. And that's
2: if yeah, your, your advisor's not uh, doing it. Then you need to have a discussion with them.
1: Yeah. Uh, to join the program, 833-99-WORTH. We'll get you on the air here. 833-99-WORTH. We're talking with Larry. Larry, you're with All Worths Money Matters.
3: How you doing, guys? We're fantastic, Larry. How are you doing?
7: Good, good, good. My question today is about uh, the, the, Char- the 2020 charitable contributions uh part of the cares act um i uh i i i was thinking that this was going to be a, a real benefit to me and i don't uh see it uh as much as, as as what uh the hype kind of initially was for it uh it kind of said that uh that we were going to have uh uh, that, that it was not going to, there was no limit on on how much you could uh, contribute now, and uh, it was going to help you on your taxes a little more.
2: So, what so, were you trying to? What um,
1: were you trying to achieve?
7: Well, what I was thinking was that I was, I am, I, I do not, I'm not able to itemize my deductions, and I guess I was hoping that my charity, which means a lot of my charitable contributions, did do not uh, benefit me from a, a tax standpoint.
3: How old are you?
7: And uh, I am 60. I just retired about a year ago.
3: And how much would you and, like uh, to give on an annual basis?
7: Well, I, I typically give between four and $5,000 a year.
3: And
2: what's your income?
7: Uh, and, 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 you know, I don't have any medical deductions. I don't have a home mortgage. I don't yep. have- Are you married? Job yeah, we file we file jointly, so so you know we get uh, twenty four thousand four hundred dollars on the standard deduction. So, um, what's
2: your what's it's, your it's, what's what's your family income in uh, retirement?
7: We make yeah in retirement we make um, combined. My wife and I make uh, right around a hundred thousand dollars. So one thing I, you could I, I make a six. six
3: go ahead if you have the cash one thing you could do and this is a strategy that a lot of people employ that i done do take advantage of the strategy is you could have a set up what's called a donor advised fund and a lot of the big firms fidelity's got one schwab's got one and it's almost like a it's almost like your own family foundation right so what you can in do in fact is,
2: you can name it anything you want yeah you could call it the Tom's family or the Larry's family foundation. So you could call it Tom, okay. but it wouldn't make and any here's sense. here's how this
3: works. You put the money into the fund. <laughs> you put the money into the fund and you get a, you're You're able to deduct that year what you contribute, but you don't have to give it to the charities that year. You can dole it out over a period of time. So as an example, you could say, I'm going to contribute $20,000 to this fund in 2020. Then, once the money's in the fund, you can distribute four to five thousand dollars a year over the next four years to your charities. So what you've done is you've you've bunched for your own personal tax planning, you've bunched your contribution into one tax year. but for the charities, you probably, in all likelihood, you probably don't want to give them all the money at once because then they'll spend it and they'll come back to you for the next year for more. And you'll say, wait, I just gave you four years worth. And they're like, well, that was yesterday. This is today. Come on, Larry, cough it up. So <laughs> to take that one step further, if, do you have a brokerage
2: account outside of an IRA or 401k that has any appreciated stocks or, or mutual funds in it?
7: Yes. So, yes, we so, do. So take yeah. it one yeah. step
2: further and you actually gift those to this, charitable account, right? And you get a deduction for the face value and you never actually recognize any of the gain on it. So if I was your financial advisor sitting down with you, we'd say, okay, let's first of all determine how much we should give and then what we should give. So you might decide that you have, you know, a bunch of money in cash that you decided this year you're going to gift $50,000, into a charitable or maybe
3: it's in Procter and Gamble stock or whatever right i mean maybe right? you've got some we don't know your yeah. overall situation but
2: and you say well pat yeah. i didn't really want to sell that stock i could turn around and buy that stock the day i give it away and move my cost basis up at the same time giving the same amount of stock to a charity so i see what you you were benefited by this this cares act you were benefited with the I proper th- tax planning
7: and, and that is that is part of the CARES Act, all this that you just described. Well, well, the
3: limits are. The limits on what you can contribute, because it used to be capped at—well, uh, still appreciated securities is taxed at is capped at 30% of your adjusted gross income, but cash assets above that is up to 100% of your income. Where it used to now, be capped at 50%. Per- 60. It was 50, then the last act changed it to 60. Uh, but— you can use a combination. This is a great planning. This is a great planning year for you, Larry. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. You've got you've got a number what? of options, and this is, wow. something like this is is a they, these charitable um, uh, donor advice funds are perfect for someone like yourself. I've used one for the last twenty years. Twenty years. Really? Yeah. How long have you? I used one? my. Uh probably close to it as well. Long time. And, and
2: and it gives money making giving money to charity makes it even easier because you don't have to even write a check. You just go online and put in the tax
3: ID number and it fires it off. And most of the time it'll find the tax you just put the charity's name in there and it pulls it right up. It makes from the it list. so
2: easy. In fact, once you do it, you the only thing is like if you go to every church Sunday and they pass the basket, you, you don't, don't throw the envelope. You don't get to throw it in an empty envelope and pretend. <laughs>
7: uh all right i can get away with that i can be good with but, that. but but you
3: know the nice thing about it and i was i'm is i mean so it sounds like you want to be good stewards with your money you want to participate by giving some to money to, to your charities uh, and you want to do it over a period of time and because you're thinking i don't want to give it all at once because the reality is if you give it all at once they still have needs the following year and you want to be able to be there to participate and help in those following that these that's what that's well, what these accounts are designed for.
2: My wife and I fund ours about once every four years, and then we dole is it out to right? charities. That's, that's yeah, depending on what's model. happening. And, yeah, correct. And I use it as a time to rebalance my portfolio as well,
3: give some appreciated securities. Wow. Right. So that
7: is a great idea. A
2: good advisor. I, a good advi- you. You might want to go it alone, or you might want to actually get a good tax person or a good advisor to help you.
3: Well, I would at least run this by some other people before you pull the trigger on it, but.
7: Well, and I, I actually mentioned this to my financial advisor, and she didn't have a whole lot to say. So I probably will go back with this idea to her and see what she says.
2: All right. Uh, actually, so uh, you should ask her for the clip off this. Um, anyway.
7: I will. Good I luck. Know, I definitely want to. Okay. Well, thank you so much. This All was right. a great idea. I appreciate it. All right. I appreciate the good
2: Good planning opportunity. Appreciate there. the call, Larry. Thanks, Larry.
7: Thank you, sir. Bye.
1: Now we're heading to Colorado to talk with George. George you're with Allworths Money Matters.
7: Hi, Pat and Scott.
0: Thank you so much for uh, taking my call. I'm a longtime listener, uh, first time caller. My wife okay. and I really enjoy listening to your podcast every Saturday morning. So thank you. You guys do a great job. So really appreciate it. Thank you, George. Appreciate that. So um, my, my question re- uh, revolves around a um, plan that I have. I have a deferred compensation plan. I'm one and a half. Years into the uh, the fifteen year plan, um, it distributes. So this is from uh, a private. This
3: that. is a, just for clarity. This is from a private company, a non qualified deferred compensation plan. Yes,
7: it is. Okay.
0: And um, they distribute the the money quarterly to me. Um, however, during the distribution event, they pretty much just take it out out of in a proportional amount out of each asset class okay. so so i mean uh, for
3: further clarification so you, you, while you were employed you can you deferred a portion of your compensation and for uh, uh, the rest of you uh, that are listening to this the, some companies do this for their executives the, the tax benefits are a little quirky on it but it can kind of work like an additional 401k with some additional restrictions and part of that restriction is once you retire you have to elect a distribution that cannot change that and George, you're a year and a half into your fifteen years of retirement distribution is that right s- yeah, that is yeah. absolutely correct, and okay.
2: some of them have restrictions on that you have to set the allocation at the date that you retire um and cannot change that. Does yours have that restriction?
0: No, I can change the allocation um as much as I want, okay, what okay. I cannot what I cannot do is tell them which funds to distribute funds Got it, from. so it's from, Yes. Okay. And um, so the the challenge that we have, um, now we're, we plan, my wife and I plan on living off of this distribution for the next 13 and a half years. And so I'm trying to figure out, my question is is in, uh, looking for some advice on best way to allocate that money. I'm trying not to suffer too much from sequence of events or yep. sequence yeah. of returns yep. yep. issues uh, and I don't want to be too conservative because I got inflation I got to worry so, about so so let's just-
5: let's
2: in order to do that w- one of the ways is that you could go back and adjust your uh, your plan in the deferred compensation with every distribution on
3: every quarter so in other words if they force a, if they force a pro rat and you think I don't want to sell stocks when the stock market's down if the next day you went and did a reallocation, so rebalance your portfolio to the same allocation, you would you get to the same place. You'd get the same place. So as an example, of, let's say they
2: your portfolio was fifty percent stock and fifty percent bonds and cash, as an example, and they send you ten thousand dollars every quarter. Then the next very next day, you would go back and you would actually rebalance the portfolio to get to fifty fifty. So you would actually be Selling bonds and buying equities.
3: 5000 worth in this.
2: 5000 in this situation. Or you could do it outside of the plan in order to actually uh, see what your allocation is.
3: The bigger question, I think, George, is what should your allocation be, right? And is right. it square
2: across all the assets, including the money in the non-qualified versus money in IRAs or 401ks or
3: even outside of that? So let's let's talk about this. Let's let's talk about this. Pushing Pat's argument further, let's assume we're on the. Let's assume this is year fifteen, and they send you a check for ten thousand dollars. This whatever the number we want to make it up, and you're like, Doc, it. I don't want to sell those that stock position. I'm forced to sell. Well, that same day, if you had an IRA or four hundred one k, particularly an IRA without any tax consequences, you could say, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and. Inside that account, I'm going to sell some bonds and, and buy some stocks to keep my overall family allocation the same today as it was before the distribution.
0: Oh, I see. Okay. Right. Um, it, it, let's yeah. take
2: it one I, step further. Do you have money outside sure. of uh, IRAs or th- this non-qualified deferred compensation? Like in a brokerage account?
0: Um yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Have, this is just one aspect okay. of it. And I'm, and yeah, go ahead.
2: Do you think you're going to spend all your money in your lifetime?
0: You know, it's, it's hard to tell. Um, we're funding our long-term care. So depending on you know how bad things get, <laughs> um, we may not have anything left. So, so I don't know. I don't have a crisp answer for that.
2: So in a perfect world, we would have all of our stock exposure, equity exposure outside of my retirement accounts and all of my bond exposure inside the retirement accounts in a perfect world. And the reason tax nature because the tax nature, right? Right. Because if I, let's say I bought the S and P 500 in my brokerage account outside of an IRA and I needed that money and I sold it. I would actually get capital gains rates versus having a bond in there where the rates would not be quite as favorable.
3: Give us a ballpark of what, how much you have in that deferred comp plan versus retirement accounts versus cash money outside.
0: Um, within the deferred uh, comp, uh, within the deferred comp, it's one point three million. Um, outside is uh, three point five.
2: And how much in IRAs?
0: Um, 401k is about, uh, about 900. Uh, the other funds probably, uh, about, about two, two, about 2.5 in IRAs. Okay.
6: So the rest
0: you, is in cash and short term. So you have
2: about a million dollars outside of the, uh, according. I,
0: to- I
3: mean, one could argue that you just have your deferred comp be, uh, if not all bonds and cash are mostly bonds and cash and be that much more aggressive on your other accounts.
0: Yeah. We're, we're, we've been uh, historically very conservative, maybe to a fault. So
2: what, um, what, what, what percentage of the portfolio do you think you've had inequities? And by the way, you can be as conservative as you want. If, if it achieves your objective.
0: Right. So outside, outside the, Outside the uh, deferred comp, I've got about forty-one percent in stock, uh, U.S. stock, um, about five percent in international, and then uh, the rest in bonds, short-term bonds. That's bond. not all. That. I mean, that's, yeah, that's and, not uh, all that
3: conservative. How that's old are you, George? Kind of... Fifty-seven. Oh,
2: okay. eh, you may
0: be a little bit too conservative,
2: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but it feels good this year. Hey, look at how could I argue with you? How much <laughs> money oh, you save for
3: retirement, right? What and, and how about what are your? What's your allocation in your deferred comp?
0: Um, The deferred COP is quite a bit more conservative. It's uh, sitting at 44% cash, um, 20% bonds, 25% U.S., and then 10% international.
6: I don't know if I'd
3: worry about anything. I mean, one could argue – from a textbook standpoint, <laughs> could run a model which would argue that you should have – that I wouldn't have any stocks in the deferred comp and increase your stock exposure in the IRA. The challenge with that is when we are emotional people, we, um, we, we're we not always 100% rational, particularly when um, when life feels scary and we feel uh, in danger, which is what happens when our stock prices go down, right? Uh, that's the reality. Right. And, and so we tend to react and, and not always – so – the concern about if 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 we made a hard argument to say get your deferred comp plan 100 percent out of stocks and increase your stocks in your IRA now it's three years down the road let's say we have a, even a worse bear market and the stocks are way down now you're looking at your statements thinking oh crud when my deferred comp runs out in ten years what happens if my IRAs there's nothing left and then people then you have a there's a chance you can make a, a wrong decision there so but
2: I don't I listen I. You- is it a hundred percent perfect? No, but it's,
3: we don't know what hundred percent perfect,
2: is. but it's pretty good. It's pretty good. And don't ever let good be the enemy of perfect, right? This is pretty yeah, good. Right. Um, right. I don't, I, there's nothing you've said here that really bothers me. No, I, me the didn't. only thing I would do is make sure that I rebalance these on a quarterly basis in everything that you can, uh, to make sure that you're not actually selling, or lowering your equity exposure in the marketplace. And this is going to require when you do this sometimes to actually sell bonds and buy stock in a, in a bad market, right? And at the same time, it's going to have you sell stocks and buy bonds in a good market, when I say market, equity market, but you're 57 years of age. You've got 33 years, that this at least 33 years, if you've got a normal life expectancy between you and your wife that one of you is going to need to live off this.
0: Right, right. Yeah, that's actually that's really good advice. I, I, I was pretty much just tunnel focused on the deferred yeah, comp, but, never really thinking about the outside stuff. No, and uh, how are you
2: funding the, the? How are you funding the long term care? Are you doing it with an asset based life insurance policy?
0: Oh no, just uh, with the numbers that I just told you guys. That's oh, that's how you oh, got to pay just yeah. yeah, good enough. Yeah, self funded.
2: You
3: should be able to
0: with these yeah, good dollars.
2: En- good enough. Good enough.
3: Yeah, good enough. You know, that's funny. It's okay. long, like long-term care insurance is so expensive anymore. That's, I think the sales of long-term care now is about – the policy is about 10% of what it was 15 years ago just because the insurance companies – They lose disaster. money on it. Yeah. But um, right. if you've got enough assets, you know, you like, all right. Usually you go into a long-term care facility if it's your last trip, right? And. Uh, right. right, unfortunately. And, and you've got enough assets, you could go along way more years than you'd want to, right? Um, statistically, you're in, in great shape. It's the people that – and if you have no assets, then the, some government program will take care of you. It's the ones in the middle that um, it's yeah. a bit most challenging.
2: And the reality is on the backside of this, uh, the way we see long-term care – in fact, Scott and I were just talking about it before doing our break about how long-term care uh, – the nature of long-term care is going to change that the, the
3: institutionalization of long term care uh, oh based upon what's just happened with just what's happened. <laughs> Yeah, right of it's course. going to change who wants to who would want to send their uh, loved one to long term care i have a right now?
2: i have a friend that works for a place for mom which is a placement agency for long term this is completely off the subject for george but uh, for the placement agency for long-term care facilities. Oh, how's that business been impacted? Uh, they have been uh, laying people off and furloughing because people are not entering long-term care facilities for many, many reasons. Uh, and whether the, it ever picks up again, or whether you just decide that you're going to actually somehow yeah. decide to take care it's of a, your well, str- elderly relatives at home. It's a strange time. <laughs> so anyway, George, George, we think you've you've done you've done good. Just. Put together a disciplined approach, decide what your equity allocation is, and then stick to it. Be good and bad. And whether market. you
5: do a
3: quarterly rebounds, and did you say something about sequence of withdrawals? Yeah. He yeah you don't need to worry about that. <laughs> yeah. It's an important thing to know for some people. You don't need to worry about that.
0: Okay. You're okay. Um, okay. Why don't I need to worry about that?
2: As a percentage of your portfolio, you're not going to affect the allocation. Yeah, that the majority
3: much. of your accounts, you're not even touching.
0: Yes. Okay, I got it. I if got you had okay. if I've, you had
3: eight hundred thousand dollars and we're taking a distribution on it, then you could might have some concern having a bear market and a bad returns your first five years in retirement.
2: So you're taking out what right. fifty sixty thousand dollars a year out of this deferred comp?
0: Yeah, yeah, about seventy five. Okay.
2: 000. So it, it overall <laughs> as a percentage, it, it doesn't have that big of an effect on a portfolio. Yeah, of the when size.
0: you look at
3: the size of your portfolio,
0: it's a very small. And percentage.
2: and a rebalance is going to get you there anyway.
3: You're good shape, George. Don't yeah. worry. I wouldn't worry about long-term okay. care. I wouldn't worry about the sequence. What, right? I wouldn't worry about any of that stuff. You just worry about enjoying okay. yourself and spending yeah. the money.
0: Yeah. Okay. No, that's uh, that's that's good to know. Thanks, guys. All right. All right. I really Thanks, really George. Appreciate it. Thanks for appreciate calling, George. Appreciate it. Take it. care.
3: Oh, yeah. All,
2: you know, it's funny. It's 57 and retired. I'm 57. Does that mean I should retire? Uh, I don't think my my family <laughs> would appreciate it at all. <laughs> I don't think I'd appreciate retirement. Some people are built different.
3: Yeah. Well, st- and, and, and. He may not be retired. Right. That, and some people have the luxury of having um, different kinds of work. Some people don't have that choice. Oh, that's true. Yeah. It's like yeah. companies restructuring. You're mm-hmm. no longer quite needed here. Maybe it's time for you to move on and all those other things that happen. That's true. Or th- sometimes the, the job is just so demanding. You just get tired of it. Yeah. I mean, you've been fortunate. I have. You've been able to kind of control your own schedule, and if, I, I have been very fortunate. I've been you've doing got some this. commitment on a Wednesday of the coming week. You can make sure your schedule such so that you can make that commitment and those sort of things.
2: Yes. Anyway, you're right. Plus, I don't know. if I could spend that much time with myself if I was retired.
1: <laughs> well, unfortunately, Pat, we are about. Out of, oh, you know what? We were going to talk more about um, dividend yields on the S and P. Oh, that's um, right. That's right. So I have to wait because yeah. we're at the time. Uh, but just just because some paid a dividend in the past, that does not mean it's going to pay a dividend in the future.
2: You would expect that these uh, the, the yields on dividends will come down.
1: That, that would yeah, be an expectation. Companies have to suspend them for a period of time. So anyway, we are out of time. It's been great being with you. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. We'll see you next week. This has been All Worths
0: Money Matters.